Welcome to the Elemental Yin Yang Podcast, a fresh perspective on yoga and life. You are listening to episode 18, Self-Care Strategies. Hello, my name is Erin Aquin, and thank you so much for joining me today. I spent this last weekend with my teacher trainees. So I run a one year and a six month program for yoga teachers, people who are already teaching yoga, who want to learn specifically how to teach elemental yin yang yoga, which is the style of practice and the inspiration behind all of these podcasts. I love teaching this course because this is also, in my mind, a personal development course. We're not just sitting around talking about yoga postures. In fact, that's a really small piece of the program. But we're talking about elemental themes, um, energies that you can bring into your class, and of course, in order to really embody those types of things, I get my teacher trainees to work through each element, and not only on the mat, but also in their lives. So it's an amazing group. They're actually almost ready to graduate. They have one more element to finish up. I'm very sad actually about saying goodbye to these guys for now because they have just been an incredible group of women. But the exciting thing is I'm about to turn them loose on the world and hopefully so many of you will be able to benefit from having these teachers out in the world instructing yoga, bringing in these philosophies and themes into not only their yoga practice, but into their daily lives in a way that is supportive to our greater yoga community. So this past weekend, we had a teacher's retreat and One of the main themes of this retreat was the earth element in Chinese medicine. If you haven't read my book, Elemental Yin Yang Yoga, what are you waiting for? You should definitely read it. There's a link to it on the show notes if you want some more information about it. But you may be less familiar with the five elements of Chinese medicine. However, the earth archetype is one that most of us can resonate with. It's literally the ground we walk on. It's the earth mama, the protector, the one that's devoted, the one that shares and really provides such abundance in our lives with our food and our nourishment. And one of the things that we talked about a lot this weekend was how even though this is such a prevalent element across many different cultures, not just Chinese medicine. Most people tend to have earth energy imbalances. When I was an acupuncturist, one of the conditions that I could almost bet on before the person even walked through the door was this combination of earth or spleen, spleen is one of the earth organs, deficiency, with an overarching wood stagnation. So the interplay between the wood and the earth element, the struggle or the tension between those was something that almost every single client that I ever treated had. 
there were very few people that didn't have this particular condition, that didn't have the symptoms of this condition. And while that's not going to be our main focus today, I find that so interesting because the earth element is one that most of us really do not utilize to its fullest. Most of us are lacking in nourishment, whether it's nutritionally, whether it is feeling supported in our career choices, our lifestyles. Perhaps it's not getting enough sleep, enough rest. Perhaps it's working too hard. And I think a big part of this is just culturally, we value being busy. You know, the we wear the busy badge. I talked about this on a few different podcasts in uh, the earlier episodes. There's a link to those in the show notes as well, if you want to hear about that. But this can create this dynamic with our earth energy that can be very unhealthy. So this past weekend, the interesting thing was part of the curriculum for my course is that they have to do these retreats with me. And there's often things that come up. There's often, you know, life circumstances that if perhaps the hours weren't part of the course, it would be really easy to sort of slough off this personal care time. And I make it a mandatory part of the course because I think that as yoga teachers, very ironically, self-care is not something that we always do very well. If you are a yoga teacher, I actually did a whole interview about self-care specific to burnout and teaching yoga with my friend Shannon Crow of The Connected Yoga Teacher. I will post a link to that as well on the show notes at aquinyoga.com slash podcast. You're just going to look for episode 18, which is this particular one. You'll get all of that information, but I highly, highly recommend if you are a yoga teacher or a wellness practitioner specifically, that you go ahead and listen to that episode that I did on her podcast. It's full of really great information and you'll hear our two stories are very similar in terms of burnout. So check that out for sure. What I'd like to speak to you a little bit more about today is coming up with a better self-care strategy. And I'm going to preface this a little bit with some information about earth energy. One of the themes I feel really strongly is an earth quality is a specific type of love. And that specific type of love is more like devotion. So love is also governed and ruled by fire energy, which is the heart makes perfect sense. The heart is like the emperor or the empress of the kingdom. And that heart fire energy has a relationship, a powerful relationship, and is very connected to the whole health and well-being of its entire empire. Whereas earth energy is much more like the devotion that we feel for our children or in a relationship where there's perhaps not the opportunity for reciprocity 
What I mean by that, and this is the example I love to give, I have a love relationship with my husband. You know, he's wonderful. We have a relationship based on the same values. We're connected. We work together like a team. And it's wonderful. And as much as I love my husband, if he were to wake up in the middle of the night screaming for a bottle or screaming to be fed and then demanding that I walk around the house carrying him as he screamed, (laughs) our relationship, our mature, loving relationship would deteriorate pretty quickly. I would not have a lot of patience for him running around the house screaming in the middle of the night and waking me up to get him a snack. However, when my daughter does this, you know, maybe my patience in the middle of the night isn't always great, but I understand that the contract that my child and I share is much different. I'm the caregiver. I'm the adult. I'm the one looking after her. I will go to her bedside in the middle of the night and try to soothe her when she's upset, try to take care of her when she's sick. So that relationship is much more based on devotion. I am giving, and of course I'm receiving her love and I'm receiving the benefits of the joy of being a parent and all of that good stuff. But we're not in a contractual relationship, the same way that I'm in a relationship with my husband, where we can talk about things, we can make decisions together, we can honor our shared values. And this is really interesting because earth energy is much like that. So people who have earth as their constitution or their element of primary influence tend to be very devoted, very loyal in nature. Now, when those earth tendencies get excessive or dysfunctional, they may be too giving. So they may be the types of people, you, I'm sure you have these people in your life who will give and give and give until it starts to eat away at them. They will give you the shirt off their back. Maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe you get into some of those earthy tendencies. Of course, the problem with that is how can you really sustain and support anyone else if you're not looking after yourself first? So I think this is where the idea of self-care really starts to come into play. And we're going to get to some strategies for working on self-care and the specific way that I like to think about this through the elemental yin-yang theory or lens. But the other piece of the earth element I think is really important to mention. One of the jewels of earth energy is integrity. So earth is like the center point around which all of those other elements converge. Without earth, water would have no boundaries to define its oceans and lakes. Without earth, wood would have no ground to be nourished and to grow from. Without earth, there would be nothing for the metal element to imbue with its resources and its nutrients. And without earth, there would be no base, no ground for fire to burn. So earth is really very important as a central 
organizing feature of the five element system. And I love the correlation between the idea of integrity and earth energy. Because one way you could think about a person with integrity is that they don't waste energy trying to put on a mask, trying to portray a certain persona, because they just are who they are. They say what they mean, they commit and they do what they say they're going to do, and they don't have to waste thinking, they don't have to waste worry or ruminate on trying to uphold or bridge some divide that they've created in their lives. Interestingly, the emotion, the depleting emotion or characteristic of earth is rumination. So thinking too much can be a function, can be a pathological issue that eats away at healthy earth energy. Whereas if you have just integrity, you do what you say, you say what you mean, you're living from an authentic place, then you don't have to spend so much time worrying about how you're being perceived. You don't have to waste time overthinking or replaying all of the situations that you were in today, how you came across, how you looked, what people are going to think about you, which I think creates so much stress and anxiety for most of us. And because we're talking specifically about self-care strategies today, a big feature for a person with integrity, as I mentioned, is only committing to things that they really want to commit to, can commit to. I talked about this with my teacher trainees this weekend a lot, but obligation is sort of the opposite of authenticity. When you feel obligated to do something in a negative way because you overextended yourself, you're feeling really like, oh, I can't believe I made a commitment to teach that class. It's usually a sign that you perhaps didn't check in with the bigger picture, your, your greater purpose for doing something. I've said this in previous podcasts, but I feel really good about my life in terms of not doing very much that I don't want to do. I don't do things I don't want to do. And that might sound very selfish to some people. I mean, obviously there are things I do in my daily life that I'd prefer to just wave a magic wand and have them be done. But I have intentionally created a business and a lifestyle where I don't have a lot of things I really feel obligated about. I don't feel obligated to do any part of my job. I'm an entrepreneur and there's lots of pieces to it that aren't always glamorous. But because I have a authentic purpose, because I'm very aware of my goals and try to have as much integrity around the way that I operate as possible, it leaves me with the freedom to say no when I don't feel something is going to be a valuable use of my time or when I don't feel like I have something to contribute to a certain thing. And this has freed up so much energy. 
not only to do more of the stuff I love doing, but to help keep my own energy more intact than definitely than it was five years ago. So if you had looked at me and my business even three years ago, I was teaching a lot of yoga classes. I was probably teaching about 13 classes a week. I was running a part-time acupuncture clinic and I loved doing that, but I was not always good about evaluating my choices. So if someone inquired about doing a private yoga class with me on a weekly basis and they wanted to do that weekly yoga class at 6 a.m. some morning, I would usually just say yes without thinking about it. It was very rare where I would step back and say, gee, a 6 a.m. yoga class, but I already teach until 9 p.m. the night before. I don't think that's going to be sustainable. I don't think I'm going to be bringing my A game to the table on a weekly basis for that. Can you do a different time? No, no, no. I would almost always just say, yes, of course. I'd be happy to teach you. And I would feel obligated to say yes and never even negotiate about what time might be more appropriate because I didn't want to seem unavailable. I didn't want to give up a well-paying class. Those types of things where I just felt more obligated to the needs of others and, and the need to avoid rocking the boat in any way much more so than I felt obligated towards my own health and well-being. And what happened was that actually ended in a health crisis. As much as I loved teaching so many yoga classes and treating my clients, what happened was I caught a cold that didn't go away and turned into an inflammatory condition that ravaged my body. I mean, I went from a pretty healthy 31-year-old to walking like I was in my late 80s with very bad joint problems. Almost every single joint in my limbs was swollen, painful, hot. I was being tested for rheumatoid arthritis, which is what most of the doctors and practitioners that I saw concluded that I had and were asking me to go and were telling me that my options were really limited to some very heavy pharmaceutical drugs. And that was a wake-up call for me because I literally, it started to interfere with the work that I did love, but I realized that I was just, I had been pushing myself too hard for too long. And and if if we're thinking about integrity, (laughs) as someone who whose livelihood was based on giving people health advice in my acupuncture clinic or lifestyle and wellness advice in my yoga practice. You know, people were coming to me because I was supposed to be the healthy person. There was no integrity there. There was no integrity in the advice I would give other people and the way that I was actually living. And maybe that's a little hard on myself. Because I, I think what I, how I worked with people was still valuable for them. But I certainly wasn't taking my own advice. 
And I know this happens a lot with practitioners, with yoga teachers, because we know the information very intellectually, we sometimes think that it exempts us from actually having to do the work. So my aim here for all of you is to help you start to devise a better self-care strategy. Now, when I talk about self-care, I'm not talking about bubble baths and buying yourself flowers. Although, if you love that stuff, which I do, (laughs) that may be part of your regime. It is part of my regime. I take a bath like almost every day, Um, more so now that I'm seven months pregnant. But the way that I like to think about self-care is twofold. There is yin self-care and yang self-care. Yin self-care is the softer, cooler, more nourishing type of self-care. When I describe this to my students, I say to imagine what someone who loves you the most in this world would do for you if you were sick. One of my best friends is actually an earth constitution, so she's an amazing caregiver. And when I had this joint issue, I remember there were times where she would come over to my apartment and pick me up. She would help me pack a little bag for overnight. And we'd go to her house and she would make me a beautiful, nourishing dinner. We'd probably have a glass of wine or two. And we'd just sit on the couch and watch movies, talk, and have a beautiful night's sleep. When she was putting her guest bed into her house, she picked out her bed with me in mind, which is so sweet. She used to call it Aaron's room (laughs) when I was living closer because I would just come and stay with her very often. And it was just so nice to be cared for and loved and not expected to be entertaining or have to do anything. You know, we could just sit on the couch and watch movies, eat really nice food and be in each other's presence and I wouldn't have to do anything. And that was so nourishing. That is definitely a yin self-care experience. So anything that really speaks to you, you know your best friend would do for you. Maybe it's booking a massage. Maybe it's going to a spa. Maybe it is a restorative yoga class. Any of those types of things you can really use as yin self-care. You know it's yin because it recharges your battery. You feel nourished. You feel refueled at the end. Now, the other type of self-care that I feel is very important is more yang self-care. So yang self-care would be doing things that inspire you, challenge you, and help you break out of your comfort zone. And I don't mean that in a grueling way. I'm not saying that you have to go do an Ironman in order to have accomplished your yang self-care. But perhaps it's going to a new fitness class or, or doing a more intense hike than you might normally. It shouldn't be something that's going to break you down or hurt you. It shouldn't be anything too extreme or else it wouldn't be self-care. But it should be something that helps you to feel expanded and inspired. 
some examples that that I find particularly helpful for my life. Um, I get regular coaching. So I work with a life coach or when I'm working on business things, I might work with a book coach or marketing coach. I work with someone who's going to have a really big perspective and inspire me to do more than what I'm doing right now. So you could think of young self-care as the thing your mentor would encourage you to do. The person that sees your potential but realizes, but knows that you haven't realized it. What would, what would be the homework that they would give you? And then do that. So as you build out a self-care strategy for yourself, I recommend you take one more thing into consideration. Because it's really easy to identify yin self-care exercises, yang self-care exercises, And it's quite another to actually do them. So if this is a newer concept for you, my challenge for you is to schedule one of each per week for the next month and just see how it goes. So your strategy would be to pick one yin self-care item that you're going to do this week and one yang self-care item that you're going to do this week. Set that as an appointment in your calendar that you have as a non-negotiable. And I really do mean a non-negotiable. So barring a total emergency, this is an appointment that you keep with yourself. And again, if this is a newer concept for you, if this is something that you have not built into your routine, then I have a suspicion that you are like me. And you probably don't keep your commitments to yourself to quite the same degree that you would keep a professional meeting or appointment. And I have the solution for that. (laughs) So what I suggest you do is when you're picking your yin and yang self-care items, my suggestion is for you to attach some accountability to that. For yin self-care, perhaps it is a massage. So I'm going to do something for myself this week. I'm going to book a massage and I know I'm accountable to that. So when I book an appointment, I've reserved the time of the massage therapist. I have put my credit card down to reserve the spot. And if I get to that day and I just don't feel like it, I am on the hook for that money and for that time. So if it's really worth it not to go and to have to pay the $90 to a massage therapist for not showing up and taking up their time, then fine. That's my consequence. If it is a young self-care item, for me this week, it is going to a fitness class. And in order to stay accountable to that, I enlisted the help of my best friend, same person who (laughs) took very good care of me while I was sick. And we've booked the class. So if we don't show up, we have to pay for it. And if I don't show up, I'm going to hear from her. So I'm not going to let her down. Are you crazy? That person who took such good care of me. (laughs) I'm going to show up no matter how much sleep I've had, no matter how I feel. I'm going to be at that class and I'm going to give it my all because my friend is counting on me. And it's the only time I will get to see her this week. So I hope that this has given you a little bit of inspiration to think about these two concepts. 
I'm going to post a whole bunch of great stuff in the show notes for you to dive a little deeper into this exploration, as well as a link to that podcast on self-care that I did and burnout that I did with the Connected Yoga Teacher. I hope that you have a lovely week, and please do, if you haven't yet, review this podcast in iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. It really helps knowing that you're out there listening, uh, along with your comments, your emails, those types of things, but it also helps me spread the word. I want to help as many people as possible through this really fun and free tool, so you can help me spread the word I would be so grateful and I will talk to you again soon if you are enjoying this podcast and would like to experience the style of yoga that inspires all of these topics please check out our audio library of classes over at store.aquinyoga.com this podcast was recorded and produced by me you are hearing is by Kevin McLeod. The track is called Inspired.